Hello everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Forgotten Fans with your hosts Riri and Jono. Uh, hello. <laughs> Hi. Um it's it's been a while. Uh, it has been yeah. a while. We did have something planned. But life went to shit. But we're back. Welcome. <laughs> we are back. Welcome back. Um the start of the year has been f- fairly great, eh, like animation-wise. Yes and no, yeah. because companies suck. Yeah. Good animation, though, you know. Yeah, the the people working behind it have been good. Okay, so um, just as a welcome back, because it's been like three months. <laughs> yeah. Um. um <laughs> What has been... I'm going to ask you a question. This is... We didn't plan for this. Um, What has been your, like, favourite thing over the past three months, animation-wise? It can be new or old. Uh... Oh, gosh. <laughs> that is a question. I Definitely have... no Mio and Juliet. What have I watched recently? <laughs> I did watch it the other day. That was, that was incredibly fun. I managed to convince uh, my friends to watch it for movie night, and... It turns out that, like, one of my friends is, like, a massive, uh, like, No Me and Juliet fan because they, like, watch it with their siblings who love it, like, all the time. So they, like, knew every word and, like, upcoming dialogue and everything, which is quite funny. But, um, I actually don't know. I mean, I've been rewatching The Al House and Amphibia, like, for the last couple of days because next week, when we're recording yeah, this, absolutely. we're a week away from them returning, which is very cool i'm very excited for that exactly a week like oh my um, god yeah exactly a week i'm <laughs> i'm not ready but, <laughs> but that that's gonna be quite cool and also i th- actually the coolest thing in terms of animation that i've really had over the last few months is that like the cinema near me has been re-showing a bunch of like shibli movies so i've been like going watching a couple of those which is like amazing to see them on like the big screen so i have like, like two more this Wednesday. I've watched Kiki's Delivery Service, Ponyo. I went to watch Porco Rosso, but then because of the storm and oh that, God. it kind of shut down the cinema and everyone had to go home. So I didn't oh. actually get to see that. It but, sounds um, like yeah, it's very fun amazing. seeing those. Like, it sounds like such an amazing Yeah, it's like, it's something experience. I never thought would happen. I've never yeah. seen any of the Ghibli movies in cinemas, and because I live literally in the middle of nowhere, we have one cinema that doesn't play anything good. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Yeah, no, like, um, I don't know if you heard of Picture Houses Cinema. Like, they're kind of a chain. But I, I never knew they existed before I came here for uni, and uh, they happen to be doing this, which is quite cool of them. Yeah. That would be... That would sound amazing. I mean... So, uh, what, ab- what about you? What animation stuff? Mm. Oh, yeah. Well, we've had... Um, what's come out? Um, I think mine would probably be Legend of Vox Machina. Um, oh, yeah. Because, I mean, it's the only, like, show that's come out and, like, watching it weekly was great. It was nice to be in a weekly format again. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Even if it was only for four weeks, it was so nice to be in a weekly format. Um, I yeah. think... Because 
I'm like a... I'm your average Critical Role. Oh, no, I'm not your average Critical Role. I'm like your less than average Critical Role <laughs> fan. Like, I'm not a Critical Role fan, but, like, it's, like, something, yeah. like, in the background of my mind that I watch sometimes. And just, yeah. like, especially for, like, I don't know who the Legend of Vox Machina are, so, like, but I've, like, heard of them through, like, other people and in different campaigns and stuff, so it's really cool to see them. And I did record yeah. a YouTube video, but I didn't have the effort to actually edit it because I was like, oh, actually, fuck this, no one wants to listen to this. Um, I was just saying, like, it's really good. It's not, like, exactly how I would want it to be, but that's because that's me, and you can't forever, you can't, you can't make everyone happy, can you? But the animation was so good. It was done by Titmouse, the one in New York that's been unionized, which might lead on to something we're talking about later. Anyway. Um, so yeah, I think it was good. Well, yeah. what else have I seen? Very cool. I've watched Nomi and Juliet. I forgot how much I loved it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's it. I mean, yeah, because I got slandered by you for like my Letterbox review from the past, which to be fair, I look down on that old review in, in, in shame. What that was, was it? Like One three and a half out of ten. And no, yeah, and like no comments at all. It was just, a, I have no idea why, because I think usually the only movies i give ratings like that is when i just really hate a movie and i don't remember hating this movie because i've only watched it before like wednesday i had only watched it once so i have no idea why that was but then you know i think it it, so everyone has a point in their life when they just need to accept that it's a masterpiece exactly exactly speaking of masterpieces we're going to talk about the oscars today Yes. That that was a horrible transition. I'm very sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my Um, gosh. Yeah, the Oscars. We should get what's nominated for the Oscars. For Best Animated Feature. Is that what the category is called? Brief disclaimer. The Oscars don't actually mean shit. And they don't create a worth of a movie. It's just, we're just doing this for fun. We don't. If a movie yeah. is good and it doesn't get an Oscar, that doesn't mean the movie is not good, you know. Yeah. Also, other disclaimer: um, neither of us have had the chance to watch Flea yet, uh, even though I think we both very much want to. But uh, mm-hmm. catching that has been a little bit challenging. Um, I've missed opportunities just so many times because I just have been too busy, which is a bit sad. But. Um, from what I've seen about it and what I've heard about it and uh, like I watched a panel the other day with a bunch of people behind each of the films that were nominated and like even just seeing like the directors and producers of Flea talking about it it seems really 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 good so that's quite an interesting one but I, we can't really offer much insight into that considering we haven't yeah. seen it but I know it's on a streaming service. Uh, it's on Hulu in America, but it's not on any streaming service here. It's and also, it's here, not yeah. playing in every theater here. Well, cinema. Why am I become American? Mm-hmm. It's not playing in every cinema here. Like, I literally was trying to find it, and I had to travel. And I would have had to travel about, like, 50 or 60 miles to go and see it because it's just not in cinemas, like, everywhere. Yeah, it's so sparse. Um, and it's Which also not sad, the type of thing I would, like... Interesting. Yeah, it looks amazing. It's not the type of thing I feel good about pirating. Like, I want to watch this p- properly. Yeah, 
because it's like a small studio telling like an incredibly intimate story that's like important and it's like i don't want to pirate like a disney movie i'm fine pirating but this mm. it's very sad that we haven't been able to see it okay yeah. so other than flea do you, do you, you know what's nominated right yes uh we have luca Encanto, mitchell's versus the machines and orion the last dragon and um, flea but like I, you know I, yeah um i don't i'm trying to remember if i've seen riley yet but i don't know <laughs> oops anyway have you seen what <laughs> raya oh okay <laughs> Well, fair enough. I've heard, then, I I've heard of I, I... descriptions and stuff of it, and I obviously I don't think. <laughs> I don't think it's. Yeah, it's a very middling opinion. <laughs> it was it was all right in my like disclaimer once again like everything we talk about here is like just opinions, you know. But I personally found it all right. But um, I didn't expect it to be one they would nominate for an Oscar, especially when they already did then Because, you know, obviously the Oscars have their obligatory Disney and Pixar nominations <laughs> for animation, because they always do that. So I was expecting it to be Luca and Encanto, but surprisingly it did Raya as well. Which is strange, considering that, like, animation has literally just been running the, like, film and tv industry over the pandemic and these are all like pandemic releases yeah yeah um is there anything you want to talk about about raya should we go with raya first or is that everything um raya raya well so you haven't you haven't seen raya um no i don't think i have but I, I think it's just the okay. way a lot of people spoke about it. Like, I was really excited to watch it. And then as soon as it came out, everyone was talking about, like, um, like the inspiration and the representations in it. I was like, you know what? Maybe not. <laughs> yeah, it was it was very much like a watered-down version of a story that could have worked very well had it been... It felt like a very Disneyified version of like an actually good story um i know a lot of people drew comparisons like uh avatar last airbender with like the different nations and stuff and how they were split and having to come together and stuff like that but i don't know i feel like there were a lot of good ideas and then i have a tendency to not like uh aquafina when she's in a movie and she's just playing like (laughs) aquafina because it just gets a little bit annoying when she's just playing she's literally just playing aquafina and that's what they had as like the dragon character and it was slightly it was slightly annoying because it's like there's a really good story in here and then you just have like the joke punchline obligatory funny line you know and that's kind of for me that's kind of very much what this movie felt like it was it was very what's the word like there wasn't I feel mid. bad because I know there are a lot of people who put a lot of like, <laughs> yeah, mid basically. There are like a lot of people who put a lot of effort and passion into it, obviously, but I think altogether it came across feeling flat in its execution. Personally, that's what I think. Mm. I mean, I don't hate it as much as a lot of people tend to, uh, for some reason, and 
I think I know a lot of people say that the representation felt like incredibly flat and like they weren't actually trying and it was just them patting themselves on the back, which I can see and understand. So there's that as well. But then, I don't know. It was a bit of a shame. I'll have to get around to watching it at some point and then I'll be like, not that no one cares about my But I'll have to get around to watching it sometime. I do have Disney+. Plus. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I feel like yeah. a lot of the, to begin with, a lot of people were like, this isn't worth, what was it, like $30? Because <laughs> it came out on Disney+. Plus. Oh, yeah, because they did the, like, oh, my gosh. That was, <laughs> that was a whole thing when Disney, Disney Plus was still in there. We're going to charge you loads of money to watch a movie that we could have released in cinemas because we're going to make profit out of this. Everyone was like, this is not worth $30. Why would we pay this? Yeah, it, it was literally... I think it's like, I mean, I understand they were trying to do it because they were like, if it's a family watching this, that's four cinema tickets. But like, I don't know. Yeah, $30 is a lot. I pirated it, I so. mean, <laughs> it's, um... <laughs> That's about twenty pounds if you're in the UK, and like most places. Yeah, I think, was, places, I think it was. I think it was twenty. Because my cinema is yeah. different. Um, most places you can get cinema tickets for about six to eight pounds. Mine are generally about yeah fourteen, fifteen. Fuck you, Odeon. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm very aggressive about this. <laughs> um, That's and fair I just think like in a pandemic when people don't have a lot of money. I understand you probably also won't be getting as much money. You're also Disney. Yeah, that's the thing. They're Disney. Disney. Anyway. Like, if this was coming from, like, a small studio who really needed the money to keep themselves afloat and now couldn't have proper, like, a cinema money coming in, it's understandable. But it's literally Disney. (laughs) Ugh. Yeah. Disney Plus premium releases are... Whatever weird i don't know okay anyway what would you like to talk about next (laughs) uh i'm not sure because the next the other three movies luca and kanto and mitchell's i love all of them uh quite a lot so i'm i'm in a position where i'm very much like if any of them win i'd be 100 happy um i think it is a tough year personally out of yeah it is i think there was i mean i think generally last year was a really good year for movies but there was quite a lot of good animation stuff I think in I personally would like Mitchell versus the Machines to win. Not because it was my fa- I mean, my favorite out of the three is Luca by far. But personally, <laughs> I think I I don't I don't want Disney to just get the Oscar because they're Disney, you know, even though they definitely mm. put out two good movies in Luca and Encanto. But, you know, having Sony put out another movie that was really good and trying to push boundaries and stuff in that regard, I think. It's something I'd I rather love, see. I uh, love when winning. animation studios um, push the boundaries of animation because um, I feel like it's happening <laughs> yeah, exactly. a lot more recently. So especially with with Mitchell's, you know, you had like the two D elements on it, and it was very bright and colorful, and then it was emotional when it needed to be. Yeah. And um, it was yeah. like a, like an overall like just very energetic and fun story, and. You know, I yeah, feel I the like, same with the. I really I feel like don't there was, there was think this kind Disney of... should win. Like again. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I feel like there was very much a sort of, not really a dark age, but this kind of time in animation where it felt like 
all studios were just aiming for like hyper realism and that's all they were trying to do it was like they were trying to make live action movies that just happened to be animated if you know what i mean mm-hmm. and it, it was like i, I didn't like that because like the whole point of animation is that it's a, it's like a medium where you can push and do interesting things that you can't do in live action and i think from that then we just suddenly got spider-verse and everyone it was like a wake-up call to so many people to be like animation has like all this potential let's actually use it and what i refer to as the spider-verse vacation of animation <laughs> is this kind of trend that we're seeing now going into the future of like everyone's actually making stuff that's just stylized and telling like incredibly creative and fun stories and that's what i love so much about this like even Oh, what's the movie? Uh, the Bad Guys? I don't know if you've seen, like, the trailers for that mm-hmm. coming out, like, in April. Like, yeah, even the animation trailers. on that just looks so nice. <laughs> it looks so cool. Like, I'm hyped for that. And that's just, like, I don't think that's going to be, like, a masterpiece or anything. I mean, it, it might be, but, like, it's, like, <laughs> even those movies are putting out quality, you know? Mm. I mean... You were talking about stylization. I know you haven't seen it yet, so I'm not going to spoil anything. But Turning Red came out <laughs> yesterday. The stylization yes. of that movie is, oh my fucking God. Like, the expressions and the movement, it is just, like, completely something I've never seen before. Like, you can tell that they draw their influences from 2D, and they've somehow stylized that into putting it yeah. into 3D. It's like, like, stop trying to make, like... <laughs> A live action film in live action 3D. Movies. Like it's yeah. animation. Use the medium you have and exaggerate it so we can understand. Yeah. Like I think one of my That's favorite like, things really... that happened was um, like a character gets scared and you know they do like the little jump at diagonal line, like in two D animation that kind of happens, right? And they like jump out of their skin, like oh, yeah. literally, like that just happened. And then I I was watching. <laughs> the making of it today and you know they were talking about how like they inter- they um got their inspiration from like anime and like 2d animation and then somehow put it into it to make it more expressive and more understandable because i mean it, it's just yeah great go watch it guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i've been that's one of the things i was like because there's been so much discourse with like these People you don't expect, people who will literally never talk about animation in any other regards, just like slandering, turning red from like a couple screenshots, calling it like uninspired and just the same animation style over and over again. And I was looking at this shit and going like, uh, like, are they blind? Like, even just from screenshots, I can already tell that they're doing something stylized. Like, first of all, the fact that like the, everything was like pastel colors and then bright colors, like background and foreground, which is already something taken from like. 2d animation but then also just like the facial expressions like you say like i mean i haven't watched it yet but what i have seen it's like so good i don't know i'm very excited to mm. get a chance to watch that because it just looks yeah. amazing and i can't wait i mean i didn't have many expectations going in but then when i saw it i was like wow this has just completely shattered all of my expectations in a positive way like holy yeah. shit um anyway uh, that's yeah. that's not what we're talking about today well, actually, I, I can move this on to Luke, <laughs> hang on. It's another Pixar movie that they put on Disney Plus for free, and they could have just put it in cinemas or put it on both, because I would have loved to see it in they cinemas. Could've. I'm oh so my God. genuinely pissed off about that, because like, it's not it's not fair to have Pixar movies just go on to Disney Plus, and all of them have been for free. Like, I'm not saying that they should charge them 
should charge people to watch them because I think it's good to have it free. But um, I think doing that is like they're just treating everything Pixar produces as like straight to TV movies sort of level of quality, if you get what I mean. When in like reality, Pixar have like just shorts. put out like banger after banger after banger. Yeah, it's not even like the terrible movies. They are like, like absolutely amazing. Yeah, because like, I mean, I loved, I liked Onward. I, did, I wouldn't say it's one of my favorite, but I did like it quite a bit. And then Soul and Encanto, are, uh, so, Encanto. Soul and Luca are like my two <laughs> probably favorite Pixar movies. And Turning Red looks amazing. I've seen loads of people that I did not expect to like it, rating it like 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10. And I was like, well, I mean, it seems like it's really good. So it's like they're putting out all these amazing movies. And I'm just like, Disney are just dumping them. I, I really wanted to see this in cinemas, and I'm just quite sad. But at least Lightyear, hopefully, doesn't get dumped on Disney+, because if that does, I, I will be mad. I mean, it's been advertised for in cinemas, but I don't think I'm going to watch it in cinemas. Yeah, because I need, I need to see that one in IMAX. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think, like, the fourth one, like, they literally put, like... I'm not comparing the movies, I'm comparing Disney PR. Um, they put Encanto yeah. in cinemas in november when you know we were still yeah. pretty high in a what one of the variants pandemic um and i know that like yeah. yeah covid still exists but like now and stuff but like it is a bit less than it was then so why yeah. would people you, people go to the in, like, cinemas January now people weren't really going back then mm-hmm. like um yeah exactly i don't know the cinema has just like literally like no way home came out and like in december and like the yeah. cinemas were packed <laughs> yeah it probably wasn't the safest but like we did have some like mask regulations and stuff but like yeah you can do that but you can't like because like not like a pixar film isn't gonna have the same turnout as fucking no way home is it like <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's still gonna do really well because it is a pixar movie you know like people go yeah. and watch these stuff they aren't like tiny tiny movies. it's quite frustrating to see them do it like that i think I a lot of people were pixar saying shorts. that like oh this is sorry i miss having the pixar shorts at the beginning of the movie yeah i think they do they put them on disney plus or do they just not make yeah them? but i i think they were i think they were gonna but I, we haven't been told. I I don't know which one it is, so. Yeah, because I I was thinking I haven't heard anything about the one for turning red. So I wasn't sure, but yeah, I missed those as well. Yeah, like I saw a lot of people saying when when they announced the stuff about turning red, saying, "Oh, this is a good thing," you know, like Encanto found its fan base and like the people who loved it after it went into Disney Plus. And I was like, two things. Mm. Firstly, the fan base that it found after going on Disney Plus wasn't exactly <laughs> the best. But secondly. <laughs> um and more more like genuinely i think like obviously any any piece of media is going to find more fans once it's in a more accessible place but that doesn't mean that it can't first have a theatrical run where it actually mm-hmm. is given the chance to make money and is given the chance for people to see it in like that environment you know like you, you know you can have both things you don't need to pretend like to have one you have to get rid of the other and especially yeah, Disney, like, who literally have so much money that they can do whatever the fuck they want. Like, there is no excuse for them to do this. 
like literally like batman is going on to hbo max in like a month and it's only just come out like that is the thing yeah. <laughs> like in an, that is like in my head like an accessible thing you know it's like ugh. yeah like, it's still giving people and, the and people people still go and watch it, it in cinemas when they want to yeah like no like the cinemas were packed it's still but, but like people will watch them when they come out <laughs> yeah, yeah it is <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh gosh! Like the um, way we will be playing Canto, like after the after the Blu-ray comes out. <laughs> in in Canto, I saw that twice in cinemas. I saw it once when it before it before it came out on Disney Plus, <laughs> and I saw it after it came out. No, I didn't. No, I saw it. Fuck! I saw it twice before it came out on Disney Plus, and you. I think when you have this cinema release, you have like that smaller, more intimate feel with people who see it, and then you get to go and see yeah. this movie that you've absolutely adored go on to like li- yeah. like accessible to anyone who pays the seven ninety nine a month, whatever the fuck it is, probably more expensive than that. Um, yeah. Pay monthly, <laughs> um, um, or and pirating because Disney and don't give a fuck, but like. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, Luca. Luca. Yeah, Luca. Uh, I love Luca a lot. I think it's like one of my all-time favorite movies. Uh, I rewatched it like a couple months ago, and it was amazing. To that was only the second time I'd ever watched it, and it was amazing. But like, I remember very. I remember being very, very excited for it, and I remember I had my Duke of Edinburgh expedition on like the days leading up to Luca releasing and I got home like on the day it released and I think my parents were away for the weekend so I was literally home alone after getting back from like three days of like intensive camping I just slumped down on the sofa and put Luca on and it was like it was an experience it was so good I I I genuinely just loved me yeah for real (laughs) because like I don't know there's something I love about this sort of trend of Pixar recently where they haven't been trying to make stories that are so heavily like complicated in like the way they think and stuff they're very much just like we have a director who's going to tell a story that they feel very passionate about and whatever that story ends up being is whatever the movie will end up being and that's very much what luca felt like and that's what turning red seems like it's going to be like to me i mean i haven't seen it yet but um and i think i don't know if i've told you this before but i feel very much like soul was kind of this bookend of like an era of Pixar saying goodbye to like this trend that they'd been doing for a while of certain movies and then Luca's like opening a new page to the future and the sort of movies they're telling now and it just makes me so excited because it was great I mean I loved it so much mm-hmm. I mean when I was younger I used to love Pixar movies but I was like at the, when I by when I was younger I mean like I didn't even know what Pixar was. Like <laughs> I didn't realize yeah. that like it was a company. I didn't. I was just like, oh, it's just the thing that comes on before the film. Like I'm talking that lo- young. Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like they were just light bulb, amazing. Dude. And <laughs> like I used to love and adore Wally, and like I just love these kind of emotional movies, and they don't have to be complicated. They can literally just be like two robots falling yeah. in love. And it's so good, um, and it's one of their best movies of all time, and it's so simple. Exactly, Wally, two thousand. Oh my God, fuck's sake, two thousand eight. <coughs> That's old. 
I'm old. Oh. Oh gosh, fourteen years I was, ago. I was living in a different country. That is so wild. I just get that I lived in another country. Yeah. <laughs> Time goes on, and oh, no, well. like kids nowadays don't. I don't think they know what Wally is. That like not generally oh. like for us for like I mean when when I was young like everyone knew what Wally was because that was like exactly. I mean, everyone had seen it. It was a massive film. Okay, now I'm I'm aging myself. Let's not do that. But yeah, Luca. <laughs> but um, yeah, because like, like the colors in Luca, fucking hell! Like oh my I just gosh, think it's such a vibe. I love it so like much. the colors, the aesthetic, the like the background. Like yeah, I feel like we don't appreciate like background artists and like colors yeah it's so good in Luca. like oh my god i just think that everybody who works on films like these should 100 percent every single one of them like needs to be appreciated like oh my god yeah i um takes a whole city when i was watching the panel the other the other day like uh enrico uh, uh the director of luca was talking about like how how much do they put into making like all the colors and lighting and like speculative reflection stuff and everything feel exactly like his childhood memories of Italy and like the villages he'd been in and then mixing that with the research they had gone and done to create like this very specific feeling of like it almost feels like nostalgic but in a way that's still like discovering something new and I think the colors are a massive part of what drives that it just looks so warm and inviting Mm. It it kind of looks like I don't know whether this is sounds weird, but it kind of looks like it's been shot on like film and not in like a you could like because you can't like see grit, but like the colors are like vibrant and it it just feels yeah the way the like colors been... come through yeah yeah and it's just amazing oh my god yeah um, I also just love very much like these sort of low stakes movies where it's like yeah the only actual conflict they're facing is like to get a Vespa (laughs) but like beyond all of that you have like such incredibly emotionally deep stories in each of these characters Mm. and like what they're facing and they're overcoming but it's all told through this like childlike lens of innocence where they're just like we want a Vespa and like it represents so much for them but like on the surface it's such such a simple thing and it just allows like it just has this sort of much more wider appeal of like there's emotion here but like it's also just incredibly simple it makes it feel like the vesper is like the absolute utmost more most important thing in the world and getting it means you're gonna die yeah but like like some people say oh it's such a tiny thing for like the like stakes of the movie but i'm like no that's just how kids feel and think. Yeah. Like you're getting into the and mind because it's like the like Vespa. Yeah, because it's like for the Vespa, they're talking about the Vespa, like it's their be all and end all. And in a way, it almost is. But then it's also like, it's also there to them. They see it as this representation of like their childhood and what they're leaving behind or what they have and what they found and stuff like that. And then that's what the movies are actually about, you know? And then you have all of that. Mm-hmm tied up in this little bundle that's just like their dream their like childhood dreams of like a vespa and you have like those dream sequences which look so good 
Uh, and it's just, I don't know, it's beautiful. I love the movie so much. I, unending I also love that they <laughs> didn't just get, like, a fancy, cool Vesper at the end of it. Like, they got, like, yeah. the shittiest one. And they are so happy. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, that's also, like, the way the, the mind of a child works, you know? You don't need to have, like, the best thing in the world. It's, like, whatever is the thing that you wanted to make you happy. As long as you and your friend are having the best time ever, what else is there to love? Exactly. You know, I, I genuinely love Lupus so much. Such a wonderful movie. Uh, I'm just going to go back on to Mitchell's because I have something to say. I just think... Like, yeah. I just absolutely fell in love with Mitchell's. I think I've only seen it once or twice. But first of all, the marketing. Oh my god. Like Katie's IMDB page. Oh, Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> um oh, Katie Mitchell letterbox pages are the fucking <laughs> best thing they have ever done. Like, oh my gosh. I read through the entire thing. I've looked all the it's just so there's so much love poured into that. It's just amazing. Um the subtle just like hint. Well it's not a hint, it is there, but like just like for like being LGBTQ and stuff, like she just yeah. has a girlfriend, and there is absolutely nothing wrong. Yeah, with her. <laughs> and like obviously like... there's like hints to Katie throughout the movie, and you know like her saying to her brother like, um, like what was it like? Don't hide love. That's not a way to live or something. Fuck, I'm yeah, crying. I think um. Oh gosh. So I remember before Mitchell's vs. Machines came out, it was. I saw some people who had seen early stuff of movies and new scoops about movies talking about stuff. And I remember someone saying, there's an upcoming animated movie that has queer rep and it's not one that people are expecting. Everyone's, so a lot of people were expecting Luca. Luca. Yeah, because everyone was expecting Luca to have. But they said it's not what you're expecting. And so I was like, well, the only other upcoming movie is Mitchell's vs. the Machines. And I. I was incredibly lucky in the sense that I saw this like random tweet that someone had tweeted out saying, yo, we're doing a virtual Mitchell's vs. the Machines premiere. If you sign up to this link, you can watch it. And so I got to watch Mitchell's vs. the Machines like a week earlier than its actual release date. And I just absolutely fell in love with the movie. Like, I love it so much. And I would see that and like the queer of in it, which is so, it's so refreshing to see a character where like, their story can easily be like stuff that they say like her talking about not really fitting in and stuff like that it like you can see things that can relate to being queer but then at the same time the story isn't like obtusely about her being queer it's just like she is and they treat that as normal and they accept that and i know um mike rianda and uh phil lord and chris miller they were talking about um the movie and the queer rap and how they kind of they made like a deliberate attempt to not make any of the family conflict in the film stem from like her being queer because they didn't want this to be like a source of like sadness like or like bad stuff movies, they were like yeah know? well she's queer it's like a normal thing and if there is any stuff between her and her dad it's not going to stem from this it's going to stem from the actual stuff that we want to focus on we're not going to just dump this mm-hmm. in here and add it on to like like you said, like become like a queer trauma movie, which I think is incredibly refreshing to see. And I think um, Mike Randall was saying, I don't know if you saw a while ago, there was this one 
I can't remember if it was a writer or a storyboard artist, someone who had worked on the team of Mitchell versus Machines, who like tweeted out a thread about like why the rep was so important for her, and basically because Mitchell versus Machines crew, like most of them are from Gravity Falls, they all know each other really, really well. Um, they're like, like very much friends. Think, like Dana, she had come, and she Matt, had... like all worked on it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh, I got fucking ratioed by Dana Terrace over Mitchell's vs. the Machines thing. Because <laughs> I, I made what? a joke and then she replied to me and obviously because she's like a celebrity, everyone liked the tweet. And it was Send like... Send me that tweet right now. It was quite funny. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> it, was, it was very funny. I, I still remember that. Let me just find it. Uh, I can't remember. It was so stupid. I made a joke about Tiny Nose or something. Oh god. <laughs> But yeah, um, while you're finding that, Dana Terrace animated the Furby scene. Oh, well, she didn't animate it. She storyboarded it. Yeah. Um, holy yeah, yeah, fuck, yeah. Dana. Which is crazy, but... <laughs> but yeah, like, I I think... Because they're also tight-knit and stuff. They're very much friends as much as they are, like, uh, co-workers. And I think this one person come over to Alex, and they were talking... I don't... Not Alex, sorry. <laughs> Mike. And I think they were talking about... I don't know if he had suggested the inclusion of it or he wasn't quite sure if that was something people wanted to do, but he, she had basically said, like, to me, if I was growing up and I had this story, this would have meant, like, so much to me um, to, like, see her as being queer. And then <laughs> and then he was saying they both just started crying there because they were like, this is such a meaningful thing. And he was like, are you sure this is something that's okay for me to do? And she was like, yeah, absolutely, you should. And he was like, he talked to the studio about it and the studio were like, because they're not Disney, uh, because I... Mm-hmm. Out of, I know a lot of studios have a lot of problems, but from what I understand, Sony actually seem to be trying in a lot of their um, ventures. They might not, they probably, I mean, they're, I'm not going to idolize, like, the people at the top in suits and shit, because they're obviously all going to be shit. But it seems that, for the most part, they are actually trying. He said that they were very open to the idea of it. So, that's how it ended up coming to be, and it's very... I don't know. I think it's very beautiful being able to see that in a movie so naturally presented and mm. it's so meaningful to everyone who's working on it. Because I think a lot of people who work in animation are queer. and It's just like the it's art like, culture. Well, they get like, to put a bit of themselves in it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I also love that um, well, it's a horrible situation but Mitchell's has been like the Twitter account has just been ever so loving, um, like, yeah. Um, that especially recently because especially with the don't say gay stuff in Disney, oh my god. Yeah. Um, like the account has just been so wholesome, and like they're just like. I'm pretty like, sure Mike Rianda runs that account if I remember correctly. Does he? Oh well, like it's not like just an intern that was hired. It's one of the people who worked on the film, as far as I remember. But they've been they've been very um, like good. <laughs> mm. I'm just it makes me so happy, and this is why I think it should definitely be one of the ones that could win. Obviously, I haven't seen Flea, and with it being indie, I obviously will always just go, "Yeah, Flea should probably win." Um, yeah, I, I just so want to see it, but also my my yeah. love for Mitchell's. Because I haven't seen Flea yet, I know what Mitchell. I know exactly what happens in Mitchell's. Like though, either of those two, um, it's not like I don't like the other yeah. movies. Like I loved Encanto, but I just think I don't 
think Disney should be winning everything 24-7. Yeah, it's like, I, the missiles is what I would want to see getting that commendation and recognition and stuff. Especially with, like, everything that's been going on recently, I think. I mean, I like you said, Flea as well. I mean, from what I understand, would be 100% deserving of that. But... I mean, Mitchell's I think also, also Mitchell's like... versus the Machines. Oh, yeah, carry on. Sorry, you go first. Uh, Mitchell's also has, like, a completely, like, different family dynamic. Like, usually you would see it from the perspective yeah. of, like, a younger person. It's so strange to see someone, like, roughly my age as a main character. Yeah who's having struggles and stuff yeah like the movie follows that like honestly i felt fucking attacked when i watched it because like katie is what 18 katie loves films she wants to work on films she is artistic she's cool like i'm like being fucking hit with everything here yeah like, <laughs> yeah no two i mean that's what that's what that's two, actually what i was about to talk about is that like two machines came out when i was in yeah, because it came out when I was in year 13 in, like, my last few terms and my last few months before the end of school. And I'm, like, about to move away to uni to live away from my family. And then Mitchell's Machines is, like, about that. And that just hit so hard. It was, like, you know those movies that happen to come at, like, the, they happen to align perfectly with when you need them in your life? Mm. It was, like, definitely one of those things for me. I mean, obviously, I'm not moving away just yet, but, like, it came out, and my brother was moving away, and I'm like, oh, God, I am both of these characters right now. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I, I, I love just, this mission so much. I think I when things, like, line up... Hope. I think it's I'd a, be so happy if it wins. So, I, I think when things are great already, and then they line up with things and help you more like it just gives you a bigger appreciation for them yeah exactly oh, okay so, cool. so is that like a general consensus that like either like flea or mitchell's should win then pretty much i think yeah <laughs> i'd be very much happy with either of those i mean i think i don't so i don't know how much you know about flea but that's also like a queer story and it's a story about like mm-hmm. a refugee and i think and it's a documentary which is like you never see a documentary in the animation category i mean you never you I almost know. never see animated documentaries in general it's nominated but i think for all of that just right? looks incredibly interesting it's nominated for documentary it's nominated for animation it's nominated for something oh it's nominated for international those are the three nominations uh. it has um, so I, I mean, even if it doesn't it be very win cool to see it winning any best of those. animated picture, animation. Should, I, I have no. Clue I think what's it's in the a shoo-in for documentary, category, but... from what I understand. <laughs> from what I understand, though, it is like by and far the front runner for documentary. So uh, at least they think it will win that. But even just hearing like the people who work on the film talk about like the stuff with that movie, because the so the the director of this movie, this is a story about his friend. Um, mm-hmm. and it's like he was saying his friend had this whole story about his past that he would never really talk about because it was like a, very much a source of like pain and trauma for him and so like he would never really push for it he'd never really try and get it out of him but he always knew that there was something here and then one day his friend like decided to open up about it and he told him all of this 
and then it that's ended up kind of coming into this idea of like well this is such an important story we can tell this to the world and his friend was like comfortable with that and they went ahead with that and that's how they've created this movie and it's just it's so crazy seeing awesome. like a true story be presented in a way like this and it's just so powerful i think animation this is what i'm saying animation is not a genre it's a medium yeah and and that's one thing i really love about flea is that they saw it as a medium yeah like uh they were talking about how how them choosing animation was very much a deliberate choice because they were thinking about all the stuff that they can do with animation and how they can use that to tell the story so they were saying in certain times when they want to dial back to like purely raw emotions then in those scenes the animation will switch from being full coloured and lines drawn fully to being like sketches in black and white. So that you get, oh it's God. more about what's being said than what you're seeing and stuff like that. And it's like, they've clearly put a lot of thought and effort into why they're using animation and how they're using animation and all that stuff, which I just think is like, it's so cool to see something so personal be told, something with so much love being put into it and something with so much understanding of how to use animation. I love that. But yeah, sadly, like, animation is... We all, well, hopefully, all love animation. And just, like, the way that the workers are treated is absolutely horrible. So, obviously, uh, the animation union are doing, like, the hashtag New Deal for animation stuff. And I just... yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't watch a lot of like cartoon YouTubers anymore, but I, I don't really see anyone talking about it, and I'm just like, guys, how can you sit there and enjoy animation and consume animation like all the time, make your entire personality off of this goes for people on like social media as well, make your yeah. entire personality like animation, and then just be like. I don't give a fuck when it comes to the people ignoring on the actual shows. struggles of the people creating the stuff that you claim to enjoy so much. Exactly. It's like there's there's been so much lately, and I think there was this point where like everyone was talking about it, and then literally like a day later, Netflix said the thing about Cuphead has been re- has been renewed for season two, and that's how they tried to present it, and uh, and it's not. Fuck it hasn't been renewed for season two. It was. Yeah, because it was, um, so if you don't know, um, Needle Fan Animation, we'll get into it a bit more, but Cuphead was not renewed for season two. It was season one, and they split it up into three sections. And the reason they did that is because they can then order a set of episodes from the studio creating it once. And then all they need to do is pay them that amount that they negotiated for their first season, split it up and release it in three seasons, and then they don't need to renegotiate between seasons. Because... Every time you have a new season of animation, the people who are working on it rightfully negotiate higher prices because they're working for you longer and they're putting more effort into this and etc. etc. And obviously, obviously like time goes on and inflation and wages and like, yeah, exactly. So they need this. It is a fundamental of like how they live. And what's been happening um, a lot for like quite a while is that studios will batch order animation and then split it up and release it because when they do it like that they can basically go around ever having to pay people more money or pay them what they actually deserve and on top of all of that um people working in animation already get paid less 
than their live action counterparts, even though they're doing the exact same work, if not harder. <laughs> Which is just like really, really, really shit. Yeah, because I don't know. I mean, um, Lindsay from Infinity Train, she spoke up about it when Cuphead came out. She said that seasons one, two, three, four, and a fifth movie of Infinity Train were all one season. Like, first yeah. of all, are you telling it was me like... Infinity Train went on for years? And it was all one yeah. season, just and because th- it had, like, a few episodes. Like, And then on top of all of that, they just mistreated everyone yeah. who was working on it over and over and over and over again, while still profiting from everything that they've created. I know, it's fucking, like, it's almost, like, a year since season four came out. Season five was literally <laughs> in their original fucking contract, and like for like it's literally just like making it worse like they already have like yeah like are you fucking kidding me it pisses me off bro yeah it's it's really bad i don't know like i'm pretty sure they did the same for like kipo and shira and like all of this oh yeah they did the same for kipo that's why kipo got released in a year Because they're yeah, not called really, seasons, really, they're really, called really, really parts. Yeah. And Netflix is, like, one of the biggest culprits of this. Everyone does it. Like, even... I think Disney... I think Dana was saying that's how the Owl House was done. Um, and that's kind of why they were really not sure about, like, the future of where the show was going after... When they were getting the second batch order. And then they found Wait. out that it was going to be a short season three and everything. Wait, so season one or two were classed as the same season? It was something like that, or season two, I can't remember. He had something similar to say about this and the way Owl House was awarded. Um, I can't quite remember what it was, but it was another shitty thing that Disney had done. Um, Fuck Disney. But yeah, it's just just terrible. I don't know. I don't understand how, like, animation has been bringing, because, like, you can make animation from home. Yeah, it's hard you can't exactly make a lot of live action from home like you can edit it so you can't film it like it's literally been Mm -hmm. keeping companies afloat over the pandemic and they just get treated like shit like most i've heard so many stories about people who work in animation not being able to like fucking survive properly they can't pay rent they can't buy food they can't pay for healthcare because they don't get healthcare yeah like good from where I'm aware of like I s- obviously this is about the American industry I have no idea how it is here or elsewhere elsewhere obviously, American is very much wide wide stream wide stream yeah and it's like um, it's just this this idea that a lot of people seem to have that if people are doing what they what they like with their life then they don't need to be paid well and it's kind of like well, they still need to survive. And yeah. if they're making good stuff, you should definitely be paying them well for that. Um, it's quite horrific, though, just seeing how many people seem to think of it like that. And obviously any studios, money people at the top, always see any opportunity that they can use to make more profit and be like, yes, we're going to do this. Like giving money to people who 
push bills to cut taxes and then <laughs> donating to the human Gosh. human human rights center and then the, because you're such a fucking dick the human rights center rejecting it because they know it's not it's sincere <laughs> oh yeah I'm it's so... like um the thing that pisses me off the most about um disney and their donations to the don't say gable and everything is that like i say a lot of people working at animation are queer which is like this incredibly it's just so grim and like disgusting that they they're like hiring queer people to tell queer stories that they cut down to like the minimum level possible to profit off of that to donate that money against queer people like it's it's actually horrific when you when you see it like that it's like it's just so bad like even the companies owned by disney stepping up and literally saying no like, yeah. like Pixar speaking out they 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 opened up and they said that every time they've tried to put something slightly queer into it it just gets cut because Disney owned them so Disney gets yeah. a say in everything Pixar would literally just straight up like fuck you Disney <laughs> which you know, Honestly, incredibly Pixar could survive on, on their own um, oh yeah 100% but I also I, I actually don't know how that works in terms of getting out of a company and but they one hundred percent like they don't need. Yeah. They could. They would weird. either have to but, buy themselves. Yeah. No, like... yeah. Uh, it, it very much sucks to see just so much shit be going on in that regard um, in the animation industry, especially at the moment, and just like it's a bit devastating. <laughs> And so many people who don't seem to see it as a problem. Um, but yeah, I just think like I'm I'm glad that the people working at, in these companies don't feel that they should keep quiet because I I know I've seen a few people talking about it before Dana did, but once Dana did, quite a lot of like yeah. the people who aren't like big names also came out to speak about it like think like alex from um amphibia they're a storyboard artist just like absolutely yeah, yeah. some shit art like <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was that was an amazing day to be fair they were just like no, fuck fuck disney just releases a bunch of shit art that they have from amphibia i don't know it's just it's it's, it's a good sign that the right people are working there they're just not at the top yeah it was it was it was the thing that really hit me was when dana was like i hate having moral quandaries about how i support myself and my family because it's like it's literally that is like i don't know it's like imagine working for a company and knowing that the stuff you create is the profits that that bring them they're using it in that sort of way and like it's just grim but um but yeah it's it's very it's very good to know that, like you say, there are people actually working there who are the right people, even if they're not at the top. And to see so many people openly speak out against that um, was quite good. Dana saying, um, I hope you enjoy the new batch of episodes, however you watch it, with a smiley face. Like, yeah, Disney, we, we know, <laughs> Dana, we we all know we're going to be pirating Disney. Like, for, I do it anyway. But, yeah, um, that's, that's the good like, thing for her is because the Owl House is already, like, 
they already know when it's ending. She doesn't need to worry about like getting enough views for it to keep going. She can just be like, yeah, Remember fuck when Disney. Remember Matt <laughs> fully was like, oh, the live stream is really, Im- the live stream is really cool, guys. Like as if it wasn't being streamed on Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah. I mean, I don't feel bad. It's literally Disney. I know how much I like to. I'd like to support in Disney Plus, to, um, you know. But like, first of all, there's no legal way I can watch it without waiting literal months. Sometimes well over like eight months. Like sometimes, like sometimes it's horrible, guys. It's it's. I'm in a terrible place. It's called the UK. Yeah. Um. It, it's it's so bad. <laughs> uh, it's not real. It's um. not real. They can't hurt you. <laughs> Oh, and I don't know, just like creators who are like, yeah, this show is completely inaccessible. Also, fuck the company we work for. Go forth, pirate it. There's nothing we can do if the show's cancelled. Yeah. The show's <laughs> ending. Let's go. I mean, like, there's a whole reason oh, they so put Amphibia and the Owl House together was to get in views. And now I'm just like, no, everybody pirate it. Fuck off. Pirate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Speaking of, though, you know. Amphibia and the Owls. <laughs> My gosh. That's good. It's going to be a tough podcast, guys. It is, because I think... Okay, wait, are we gonna? Are we okay to talk about the episode title leaks? Oh, fuck, yeah, go for it. It's on cable listings. Okay, so, like, so like the episode title leaked for, like, um, the entirety of what remains for Amphibia and, like, the next seven episodes of the Owl House. Up until um, the end of April for I the think Owl House. Something I like that. Yeah, till the end of April for the Owl House. Till season two, episode seventeen. <laughs> um but Yeah, it was April quite it was, stuff, guys. First of all, I'm a little bit shocked. Exactly, April th- get ready, brace yourselves. But um <laughs> I was I was quite I was quite shocked to see Amphibia only have nine episodes left. Because I was expecting it to have eleven, I was also shocked to see the last two episodes both be twenty-two minute episodes rather than um, eleven minute ones, like two back to back twenty-two minute episodes, mm. which has got me very hyped but also scared. Because I mean, um, their twenty-two minute episodes are always amazing. But yeah, exactly, amphibious twenty-two minute episodes are li- they're they're some they're a force to be reckoned with. Fuck yeah, no. they're so good. I'm thinking as well though, it, it might end up being that the last one is a 44 minute episode. Kind of like, uh, not in the UK but in America, how they did Gravity Falls. Yeah, I see what you mean. It could be because that in, would in bump a, in a, up to 11. Yeah, it? it could be like that, which would line up more, I mean it, it might have bump up to it would bump up to 10, which is a little bit more believable than only having 9 episodes left. And also, I can imagine them doing that. I think someone was telling me that there were rumours before the episode titles leaked that they were going to have the last episode be 44 minutes. So it could be that. But in either case, having an episode called... What is it? All In and then The Hardest Thing is like... And the beginning of the end. Oh, fuck! Yeah, oh Brace my yourself. gosh, the three armies, Fun the beginning of the end, all. all in, and the hardest thing. <laughs> oh gosh, I'm not ready for that. I'm like, I have to mentally prepare myself for those episodes. Like, literally think of the start I think of that's, Amphibia. like, the like... week I come back to uni as well. Oh! 
Yeah, we just have to be careful if you're watching. If you, yeah, if you're watching the Owl House um, and Amphibia as they come out like at, at five a.m. on the stream, be careful, guys, because time changes happen at the end of March. Just a reminder, because I fucked me oh, up yeah. last year. Oh, I gosh. missed like four episodes because I couldn't get the times right. <laughs> the other thing is the Owl House episodes, which, if you don't know, my like secondary ongoing joke of saying that season 2 episode 17 is going to be the episode that Dana said there was going to be like a bunch of shit in. I was going to be like, we're not emotionally ready for. That's called Edge of the World. And I I have no idea what that means. <laughs> but I'm very Edge hyped to see that. Yeah. Like... Um, and then there's, there's also another one called like Hollow Mind or something like that. Yeah, and I know people are so saying it could too. be like yeah, Hollow Mind, which people were saying could be like Ida going in Rain's mind or something, because Rain's gonna be like not after they were Coven thingied. I haven't watched season two A in a while. <laughs> Wait, let me get it up. So, oh yeah. So the titles they do spell out uh For the Door, Seek the I'm like, okay, well I think I've been saying since I think July. No, not July. The end of July. Seek the key is what I'm guessing. No, it's fear the seek seek the key, fear the door is what I'm seek guessing. Seek the. It might be wrong. We never fucking know. Um, Wait, why did I see someone say fear the rain? Is that not from this? Fear the rain. <gasps> okay, I saw Ooh. someone say fear. The... I have no idea what that was about. Okay, I I thought that was like an officially confirmed thing, but I guess it was just a theory. I didn't know Seek the Rain yet. We've, yeah, we've got up to Seek the, so. Seek the <laughs> I saw someone say that season three is going to spell out gay. <laughs> Hopefully. Change the episode titles. Um, any sport in the storm. Huh. Are we getting another sport episode, or is it just like a fucking joke? I don't know. I have no clue. The Alha's episode title is always incredibly weird, so I have no clue. It's like when they got leaked, I was like, these are these have come from nowhere. I was like, if these are fake, yeah. oh they're my so gosh. creative. No. What the fuck? I don't know if you remember, but the the Follies of the Coven Day Parade and whichever the other one, the next episode after that, what, those titles got leaked in August, yeah. and everyone thought they were fake because they were just like the most bullshit titles ever. <laughs> so when like the secondary wave of people claiming that these were title leaks came out around February... I was like, there is no way these are real. They've already been deconfirmed like six months ago. Everyone agreed they were fake. And then Dana, Dana just comes out too. a day later and she's like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like, Sasha's Angels, Omtown Road, Mother of Ohms, Gra- Oh, that is two episodes in a row called with Ohms. Oh, fuck. Grimes Pupil. But then it was The Root of Evil. The Core and the King, Newts and Tights, Fight or Flight, The Three Armies, The Beginning of the End. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think someone had accidentally, at some place, had accidentally put it up with the wrong, slightly wrong title. Oh, but yeah. Okay. I saw someone oh, telling me that they think um, The Root of Evil and The Core of the King is going to be where The Root of Evil is about, like, Andrews' past, and then The Core of the King is, like, 
the current present and the plans. So that's going to be like kind of half flashback, half present, finding out stuff. Because we still that's don't really about... know. Mm. Andreas. Sorry, yeah. I interrupted you. <laughs> this is what I love about Sorry, no, what were you gonna say? minute format. Because like... Yeah. You can have these like flashback back to reality kind of things and i just i just think it's a great format and then obviously you can change it to 22 minute when yeah. you so need to so yeah it's a great way of doing it and they do very well oh gosh i'm so excited i'm also not ready but i'm so excited <laughs> i'm so excited one week one week i don't know what i don't know one week who, okay i fully i know we used to say don't ask how we watch it because we're in the uk but now I can talk about pirating it. Because um, obviously the live stream... I mean, we literally don't have I'm, any other way to watch it, so... I'm so scared because I don't know which one we're going to be watching first. Like, yeah, I can't choose. It's you not my decision. They come out at the exact same time. They both come oh. out at midnight. The Twitter timeline oh is not I, going I to be a good place. No it's going to be wild. Definitely didn't miss waking up at 5 a.m. The real trick is to just stay up till 5 a.m. <laughs> My friend used to do that, and I'm like, you're gonna die. <laughs> oh, oh. yeah, I'm, you know, wait, an owl house promo dropped. Then... One second. One sec. Owl house promo dropped? No way. Holy fuck! Oh shit! Did okay. it actually? Oh, sorry, I screamed into. Uh, I, let me send it to you. Hang on. <laughs> oh shit! I just saw. I just saw. Wait, I'm watching it. <laughs> Holy fuck! <laughs> Wait. So. Oh. Okay. <laughs> what the fuck? What the, that? That's like a lot of content for like five seconds. <laughs> Wait, let me skim through that. Oh. Uh, this is perfect timing. <laughs> okay, oh okay. First thing is just. Willow is gonna beat Hunter up. Holy fuck, guys. <laughs> King. Oh my god. Sorry, um, derailed the podcast for a second <laughs> by screaming into my Wait, microphone. No, this is incredible. <laughs> this is genuinely the most perfect timing possible. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay wait frame frame by frame the first thing is the, frame by frame analysis king lose king losing and a uh, king and loose flying on out on like albert stuff that's like whatever oh willow has new hair yeah i, I noticed that too i don't know whether that's just like an animation thing wait, oh no she, she didn't has ties a new in design it. last season did she uh, in two she has little ties in it oh my she god she has one she, she's got little plant ties. Oh. She's got plants that are like holding her little bones together. Oh my oh, god! Cool. Oh god, and, and now, okay, and then the next bit is Luz wearing some Viking armor. Yeah, that's strange. And using an ice like, With like an spell. ice glyph? Yeah. Yeah. And then Ida with a cape! And now Ida's in a plant cage. So she's following oh. the bards against the throne? She's with the bards against the throne? No! Willow plants. Mm. So is it? Hold. Plant. Is Willow gonna be? Oh, is 
so I just see plants and think willow. And then, oh. <gasps> the, the, the fucking pirate hat thing is back. I know! Loses, loses bandana thing. Oh my gosh. So King's dad? Yeah. King's dad or King's uncle or whoever the fuck. There's like... Or like whoever it is. They're like waving. Yeah. They're waving like a red thing. It's like a... Like they look really uh, like high up oh maybe. God. So like like he could, his father could be a is fucking a king. king and Hootie in a mech? And then Bellows with his fucking... He's dying. Also, loses wearing Eda's... Loses wearing Eda's... Um, uh, varsity jacket. Oh my god. That must be a sport in a storm then. I... Oh, this is so cool. I am absolutely... So I am cool. ready to see Willow they, beat yeah, the yeah, fuck out of Hunter. Someone needs to do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is so cool. This this was actually amazing timing. What the fuck? That's incredible. Because it's only a week left. Until... Oh my oh, I'm god. so excited. This is going to be insane. This is gonna be so some, cool. Let me look at this Lucy scene. Oh, they just like the way. Is, she, is that green or is that just the lighting? No, it is, it, it is purple. Oh, which it, thing? And it's just the lighting. Okay, because it's recorded from a TV with uh with Amity. That was very. Oh, is this is this HD? Is this oh, a HD? Yeah. Found the HD version because Cartoon Crave. <laughs> Oh gosh, this is gonna be so cool! I am wait so excited. Also, a, a, a king and Hootie in a mech. Dana, Te- they put they put Dana Terrace's and shit. March nineteenth promo on the Disney Channel. <laughs> Hang on. Oh wow, <laughs> this was strange timing, guys. Oh wait. What, you oh, want that's more? so funny. Okay, here's some. Yeah, Willow and the hair and Gus and then the helmet thing and then Ida with a cape and then Bellows is fucking dying. Loose and Amity doing something. Ida wearing. Not Ida. Loose wearing the varsity jacket with the, the, with the bandana on. Uh, Hunter in front of the school. Getting fucking... Is he wearing... Is he wearing a school uniform? Huh. Huh. Strange. He's wearing like a school uniform cowl. He's wearing like the cowl. Hmm. Oh. Um. And then King and Hootie in some kind of... Yeah, that's the school. It's, oh. Um, King that's and Hootie in some machine thing. Oh, is that thing. the school? They're outside? And then Luce being happy. That's not going to be... Very big. Oh, and then, and and then uh, just an old thing at the end. Holy shit! Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, thank you for listening. <laughs> I, don't oh, wow. I don't know what to say now. This got derailed. <clears throat> Would you like to say anything? <laughs> Uh, quick editor's note, my voice file must have, is some form of corrupted, as in, it just 
slowly speeds up. So that's confusing. Um, so the rest of it is it's just me telling you like all the information about it and like saying goodbye and thank you and stuff. Um, is gonna be shitty quality like our backup audio, but also if things don't sound right beforehand, like if the clips beforehand didn't sound right, that's probably why I don't know how to go and fix this. So I'm just I'm just gonna smack the backup. The backup audio is absolutely horrible. But, yeah. Come give us a listen. We'll talk about our thoughts. Um, because I don't know who else. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Because I know we did have, we did, we're not like, we don't have like a massive viewership. But there are some viewers and, well, not viewers, listeners. Oh, my, I don't know. I'm just very appreciative. Thank you very much, guys. Um, and I'm really happy to be get back into doing this stuff. And same. It is very cool. It's very cool, and I just I love these shows. And we haven't spoken about Amphibia, not Amphibia, Bial House, and like an episodic thing. Yeah, and I'm excited to do that because I would essentially. Oh god. <laughs> Oh, it's incredible. Incredible. So, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because we had so much, like, it was it was amazing when Amphibia came out, and I'm just, I'm very I'm very excited, and I love everybody to listen. Okay. <laughs> you can listen to us on Anchor.fm slash, and go to Twitter take you to a bunch of links so we're on google somehow um apple podcasts spotify um and some other things because some other podcast networks do just randomly pick up your rss feed so just go somewhere and you'll find it um and you can also check you'll out our <laughs> you can also check out our twitter that will have a link to it which is fans forgotten am i logged in at fans forgotten yes um where we generally we we post um little um primers before the well as it as it goes up online so turn post notifications on maybe so you can know when we come out because our schedule is kind of fucked at the moment but we'll get back into it (laughs) indeed we shall do you have anything to say Um, not really, just hope everyone enjoyed the episode and get ready for everything that's coming soon. Yeah, thank you. Thank you guys. Bye.